Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your almost witty hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the department spokesperson, Chris Gouts. Chris, we have a very... I would say big show, but I think it's going to be more probably informational, correct? I think it's a big show. we got a big guest, fellow member of EPT is in the room, so that's, that, right. that's big. You didn't go to Central, did you, Jeff? C- Central Michigan? You didn't oh, go to Central? No, I did not go okay. to Central. That's, I'm sorry. Then that's a bonus already for you. <laughs> not, um, not everybody can get into Central. That's mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but I am excited today because, you know, we're going to have a new offender management system rolling out here very, very soon for certain people and then down the road for some others. And yeah. uh, I'm excited to get you on here, Jeff, to kind of explain, number one, what it is when it's going to roll out, what it's replacing, all the nuts and bolts of what staff would need to know about our new offender management system. Uh, But first, before we do that, welcome to Field Days, Jeff. Uh, It's great to to have you on. Thanks. Um, I know you're a longtime listener. When you came in today, you said that you've heard all hundred and some of of the shows. So uh, I am excited about that, to have you finally on. Now you can be a friend of the pod. Oh, yeah. Um, So why don't you explain who you are and what you do for the department? So my name is Jeff Anderson. I'm the administrator for the Office of Research and Planning. Part of that includes ADSS, the Automated Data Systems people. It also includes the security people. It includes some research staff and some staff that do some uh, business intelligence kind of work, answering questions, legislative boilerplate reports, the statistical report. All of those fall underneath me. And then I also got assigned this uh, new project to deal with the Corrections Offender Management System, the brand new replacement for all of our legacy IT systems. So you're talking things like Omni, you're talking about uh, the visitor tracking system, security threat groups. Turns out that we'll be able to replace NextGen also. Because we're touching all offender-based systems, it will also ultimately replace OMS when we're done with it. Well, first, let's ask Chris. Chris, which one of these systems is going to replace your system? <laughs> which comms is going to replace which one of your systems? I, I don't know if I have a system, really. Okay. Yeah. So, Do you have a system? I, Omni. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I use Omni. Omni. I Do use you? Omni a lot. Okay. So when you call me up here and say, hey, I don't know how to use Omni, can you use it? It's going to replace that system, Chris. Okay. Yeah. Well, this will now it'll be, hey, Greg, I don't know how to use comms. Can you, can you come up and <laughs> no. do comms for me? Right. So, so Jeff, you, did, you named off a bunch of systems that comms is going to replace. But before we get in, in depth in that, let's talk about comms and okay. what comms is, what it means. What is comms? Well, COMS stands for the Corrections Offender Management System. It's, uh, like I said, it's the replacement system for all of our current legacy systems, all of our older systems. The problem we ran into is the technology that all of our systems are running on, the bulk of our systems are running on, is older technology. We have difficulty finding staff to do some of the work on the DTMB side, so we're having trouble with programmers, with database administrators, So we need something new, something better to be able to make sure that the department's getting all of the capabilities that it needs. You think of a data system and it's uh, at this point in time, the system is your plumbing, for lack of a better term. You're not adding additional staff. You're looking for ways that the staff that you've got can do a better job, more efficiently, more accurately. Uh, get better information about the offenders uh, so that everything is working well and the department is more streamlined as a function. Yeah, I think I've heard it. The analogy of the current system we have now is like an Atari or an old Nintendo, and, <laughs> and we're moving towards an Xbox or a PlayStation. Is that, is that a good analogy? Yeah, that would be a good way to look Close at it. Close enough for, yeah. for those millennials yeah. out there? That, that works, yeah. Okay. So, you know, I, I travel around quite a bit with the deputy director in FOA, and, mm-hmm. you know, when we talk with staff, they always ask, you know, what's coming out, what's, what's the new big thing? Deputy Director Marlon always talks about comms. Mm-hmm. 
and staff have heard, you know, around the edges, they, they've heard of this new system sure. that's, that's happening. They don't really know much about it. They don't know when it's happening. They don't know if it's even real, if it's make-believe. It's um, real. So you're here to say, number one, it's real. It's real. Um, but let's get into how the new system's rolling out. So staff want to know, when's it going to happen? I keep hearing about this comms, but I don't know when it's happening. You know, is it like OMS? Is it not like OMS? What, uh, what's the rollout of comms? Well, the rollout of comms is, is going to take place over a series of, uh, actually over a couple years. By the time we're done at this point, it's estimated we'll be done in October of 2022. Now we've got a lot of stuff that's got to take place and a lot of systems that need to be replaced in the process. So our first step at this point is that we're going to roll out food service. Uh, once food service is done, we're going to be rolling out medical, just about right on the, on the tail of that. Then we'll start dealing with things like trust, and we'll deal with field operations and parole board. Uh, we'll have meal tracking, and then CFA is going to take a couple years to do with a couple different phases for that because there's so much to do in, in CFA. Okay, so, and I don't want to talk out of turn here. Um, mm-hmm. Food service is rolling out, and then kind of in the middle of that was field operations and parole board. Do you have a time frame from, like, when is the food service starting to, like, when FOA gets to... Food service is going to be piloted with Lakeland in August, August 6th. The rest of the rollout for the rest of the state is targeted for October 1st, and that'll be in conjunction with the implementation of the Sun Valley contract to uh, deal with our food commodities. And if, if I'm a um, typical staff person you know, that's working out in the field or in facilities across the state, I want to know how this is going to impact me. Am I going to have to enter things in 8,000 systems? You know, Am I going to do Omni? Am I going to have to enter in comms? And then still enter in Compass and still enter in ICOTS. You know, I know these are all the questions that field staff have. I don't want to speak for CFA. I'll let Chris do that. But some of the questions that, that we get are, are we going to have to enter in all these systems over and over again until this rolls out? The goal is not to have to enter into the, enter the same information into multiple systems. That doesn't mean that you won't have to use multiple systems to accomplish your job. So you may make some entries in comms. You may have to look some pieces up in, in Omni still that comms doesn't touch. Or vice versa. There'll be certain aspects I'll enter in, enter in Omni um, until the full rollout, but it's not entering the same thing in Omni and in comms. It's one That's or the right. other, correct? And, and it really it depends on what the piece of information is and what becomes the system of record for that piece of information. Can you talk about who we have working on this project? I don't know if you're going to get into this later on, but you know, I, I know a lot of the questions, and, I, and I'm only asking you because I get these questions sure. quite, quite a bit. You know, I, I know with the OMS, it was DTMB primarily with a few staff of ours working on OMS. Exactly, yes. Um, is, it, is it the same for comms? How, how no, are we doing this? No, it's not. No. Um, when the director gave us this charge back in 2016, the department was charged with managing the project, which for OMS, DTMB managed the project. So we have on board a contractual project manager who's running the project for us. We've worked through and hired multiple contractors for a number of different purposes. Originally, we were doing uh, business process engineering. We had contractors that were helping us gather requirements. We had a large volume of meetings. All the deputies provided who their staff would be that were appropriate to look at the requirements that were necessary so that we could build the RFP for this process for the whole project. Like I said, we had over 100 meetings with a variety of different subject matter experts across the department. Initially, we touched over 300 subject matter experts in uh, up to something like 55 different areas in the department. All of them provided us with their individual needs for their areas. All of those requirements were then put together with uh, business process diagrams so that we had a good idea of what individual process areas looked like and what their high-level functions did. 
how much of those functions were taking place within the computer system, how much of those functions were taking place in some kind of manual workaround or some kind of manual data collection method. Uh, that might be a spreadsheet, that might be an access database. Uh, one of the things we learned in the project was that the department had something like 56,000 access databases. That was just a stunning number to, to understand and recognize. Yeah, that's a little little uh, old school. We're talking about access databases, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I, I would hope that we would be more modern than that in 2019. Well, and that's what we're hoping to do. We're hoping to replace all of those manual processes as we discover yeah. them and as we work through. So we walked through all of those meetings over a good six months to eight months, designing all the requirements, identifying all the requirements that all the work areas needed. Uh, and, those, and our staff were part of that, though, right? And I mean, all the we, I mean, we staff, had agents, we had support staff, we had. I mean, we right. have the 300 it's not just people you covered as across, administrator making the decisions, right? That's right. Those 300 people covered across the, all kinds of areas of the department. Yeah. I mean, we were looking at all kinds of different things. Broke CFA into multiple different groups. Broke FOA into multiple different groups. You know, so that we recognize, you know, what the parole discharge unit does, right. and we recognized what the callouts were dealing with on the facility side. So all of that was covered. Um, so we had a good idea of what things were looking like and, and what the department actually needed to be able to replace. And then what things we weren't covering, for that matter, too. I think maybe before we get too far along, we should mention who's doing this for us, who, who this company is that ultimately won, and then mm -hmm. also, are they doing this in other states? Or do they have a track record of doing this kind of thing? Yes. Um, so when we put together the, the RFP, when we finally got that out on the street, we had three vendors that went ahead and put a bid in. Uh, we had the deputy directors kind of locked up in a room for a good six months as we went through all those requirements and all those uh, proposals. And we settled on one company called uh, Advanced Technologies Group. Their system is designed from the ground up for corrections, so it's not some kind of shoehorned-in system or something along those lines. It literally is a corrections-based system. It has a number of modules that we purchased as part of this process. Uh, those modules are, are covering all of our, our systems as we've identified them at this point. And as I said, the uh, deputy directors were uh, chief to the decision process. They were actually on the voting members for the JEC for this. Well, not only that, Jeff, evaluation I, I, committee. I think it's important to say, too, that you guys actually traveled to it's other true. states where these uh, technologies are being used. You know, I, I know you had a couple... Um, leading the way, and you, so you went to Arkansas right. and I think Iowa to, to look That's at two right. different ones, right? That's right. We had uh, we had two different vendors that were in competition, and as we were looking at them, we actually went on site in Iowa and Arkansas so that we could see their system, the systems that were being used in the wild, so to yeah. speak, uh, so that we had an idea how they functioned and what they did and what staff thought about them in those states. We didn't uh, we didn't bring in the vendors when we did this. It was just solely going and talking to the Iowa Department of Corrections and the Arkansas Department of Corrections. They, they do Iowa. I believe they're also in the Federal Bureau of Prisons, right? And there's, yes, they there are. So they've they've definitely done this for. Uh, and they're folks. in California. They're in North Carolina, Nevada, if I remember correctly. There's a number of states that they're in. So we we talked a lot about how the new system is going to be rolled out. So so how is this going to impact everyone during the rollout? It's going to be a phased rollout. One of the things that we learned uh, from OMS and uh, have learned also from the Sigma experience is change is always difficult. As a result, also contracted with a company to do change management with us so that we have an idea of what are better practices and best practices for designing the change that's coming and, and informing staff of the change that's coming. So we'll be rolling out in pieces. We'll be working with communications mechanisms to make sure that staff are available and, uh, and aware and understand 
Uh, we're looking at training that's based on the processes that people do. So in the case of food services, that module of, of uh, software is broken down into six different groups. Those different groups then become uh, our security groups. They also become our training groups. And we'll work our way through those and customize the training specific to that set of groups. Now, it's not just a matter of learning the software, which is a big change, but it's also going to be a matter of learning the process, what, what your job looks like as you move into this process. One of the things that the state has required whenever you do any kind of uh, automated system or new information system is that you go through some kind of a, a business process engineering. The idea there is uh, kind of the lean process improvement. Our groups do epics. The idea is what is the most streamlined process you can do and then you automate that instead of looking at what your current process is and trying to automate that, which is the historical way of, of developing software. So this is a pretty uh, a big change. It sounds like we're talking about you know going from all these different systems into one web-based, hopefully a lot easier to use uh, mm-hmm. system that's going to have everything there. So how will employees know uh, around the state uh, if they're ready for these changes? I, I think there's a survey that's going to hopefully aim at some of that. That's right. That's right. Uh, we're looking at uh, doing a survey among staff to identify how much they know or don't know about comms. This podcast is going to be a piece of of the information for that. Uh, But the idea is to find out how much they know or don't know, and then we'll do periodic surveys across time so that we can track to see how well staff are doing as far as learning more about it, whether the training is is getting to the right people or not, whether the the right people know what they need to know. Um, So it'll, it'll be beneficial. What can our employees do uh, if they have questions uh, about comms, and, and how can they get more information about it as they're hopefully learning more about it? Well, the best thing is we're going to be having a group called uh, Change Champions. That's a, an additional piece that we recognized as part of the change management process. The Change Network and the Change Champions are going to be our communication methods. Like I said, we'll have a bunch of emails that will go out, but emails are not necessarily the best communication method. We've got podcasts that those are not necessarily the best communication method. We'll also do some posters and probably some some handouts, depending on uh, where and how. But like I said, we'll we'll also be dealing with these change champions. And the idea there is that they will be the communication method to bring new information to the rest of the the staff in the areas that are working on these different uh, pieces of, of the process as we move forward. And how are we going to identify change champions? Uh, the change champions are being identified by their administrators. Uh, so in the, in the case of the facilities, the wardens and deputies are, are working out who those people are. Uh, there will also be specific er- people for their specific areas, like uh, the food service uh, directors will be involved, so that the, the food service staff then have a, a communication method and a way to get information. And, Greg, if you're still not understanding what a change champion is, think of it how, like, whenever, like every day when you come to my office and you ask me about something, and then I tell you and I can explain to you what it is, and that's what a change champion is going to be. So. I, th- I thought we've already discussed this whole I, I th- omni comms change and how you don't know what you're doing. So I, I feel like I'm already that, Chris. So. We're, we're ahead of the game here, buddy. So we're change champions for each other, I suppose, <laughs> even though I will never admit that. So let's get back to comms. i got to tell you, Jeff, I, I'm very, very excited to have this new system roll out. You know, it's it's going to be so much more efficient. And, again, I'm not speaking for FOA. Just just from that aspect of there's an app for it. There's If somebody calls and says, if somebody live at this address right now, you know, we kind of struggle with that with Omni. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't wait to have this roll out. 
It's going to replace all of our systems, basically, into yep. one system. There's going to be a slow kind of phased ro- roll yes. out of this. Up front, you may have to enter into two systems, but not the same information into two systems. I, think right. I want to be very clear about that because I know that's one huge question. There's going to be a lot of communication around this. It's not going to be just dumped on them, and no. then everybody's going to have to figure out how to use it. There's going to be lots of training. Lots of training. And actually, we're working on training videos. We're looking at um, some of the, the training manuals are actually going to be uh, something that you'll be able to look on the with the learning management software so that you can actually uh, go back and refresh yourself, too. Okay, good. We've had subject matter experts who are our staff, basically. We call them SMEs, but right. they're basically our staff. They're, they're our support staff. They're our agents. They're our officers. They're our food service leaders. It's it's our staff doing the job are helping build this, right? That's right. So that's I, right. I think that's – I want to underscore a few things. What did I miss? Did I miss anything there? Um, no. I mean, the, the, we've got dedicated people that have been dedicated by their deputies and their administrations to make sure that they're focused on this topic and this, this topic alone. We've got a great set of folks that are working on, you know, the field operations portions of it, parole board portions of it the food services piece of it, the trust, and the meal tracking piece. We haven't really touched much of CFA quite yet, partly because we're already kind of overwhelmed with, sure. with the pieces we're doing. And oh, I forgot medical. All of those folks are, are definitely involved in uh, all of this. We've got the people that have been on the ground doing these jobs right. involved in deciding and defining how this is going to work. Yeah. Again, it's really important that the staff on the ground have the input and help build the system, and then they'll also be the ones when new staff or other staff come into it and say, here, there's this new thing. What's going on with it? There's somebody in their in their office, in their facility, in their healthcare unit can say, oh, yeah, I know all about that. Let me tell you, because mm-hmm. um, they're one of the champions, and they've been getting the, uh, these updates, and you can have that peer-to-peer piece is really important because not everybody, like you said, is going to hear the podcast or read wait, their wait, email. Wait, 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 what? Well, just when they're in the facility, everybody listens to it once okay. they get home. So, I mean, tens of people are going to be changed by the information that we've provided them today. And uh, so I, th- I think they're going to be very well informed. Yeah, no, this is, this is great, Jeff. Number one, I know this is a huge project, you know, a multi-million dollar project that, yes, definitely. Um, that you're heading up and kind of leading. And uh, I can't imagine the pressure that that is. Uh, this is. This is a huge undertaking uh, by the department, but it's, it's such a, a needed undertaking. And, oh, and, yeah kind of in my opinion a little past due i think we could you know it, this is this is it's so important it's going to make it so much more efficient and uh so much more data driven which which right. in turn makes us have better results and better well, and that's another decisions. piece where we're actually going to be migrating as much of the data as possible from our current legacy systems um there will be some things that can't be migrated um but it's going to be it's going to be huge yeah. and and cleaning up the data in the process is going to be huge too thank you for doing that every single day on top of the job that you do mm-hmm. uh normally I, you know, we, we seriously cannot thank you enough for leading this, leading this change. And uh, thanks for coming on Field Days and talking about it. No problem. All right, Chris. So hopefully you learned today a little bit about comms and what's, uh, what's coming to the department in the next year and so on, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's definitely good. This is going to be the first of many uh, updates and conversations we'll have about comms and as it's being rolled out around the state uh, throughout the next uh, three or four years. So a lot to come in both in the newsletter and in field days and in your emails and the survey. So lots of information to come. Yeah, I'm excited about this new system. It sounds much better than what we have now, right? Uh, the system we use now ha- has worked for many, many years, but there are much better tools out there for us to use. And I think this is a prime example of technology that I think is going to help improve our efficiencies and data sharing throughout the entire department. So I'm really looking forward to this. You know, Chris, it's, it's big in Ionia this time of year, right? It's the Ionia Free Fair. 
it's actually a free fare. You can actually get it for free, right? I think that's the that's, that's why it says free fare. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was still free or not, but I, I know it's a huge thing for uh, Deputy Director McKee. He lives in that community. He's he's, he's I know Mr. Him, free fare. Yeah, him and his wife are like on the board, I think, and yeah. they, you know, he's he's very big with the I own your free fare and Department of Corrections has, um, you know, they play a pretty big role in this. I think recruitment actually has a booth. Uh, in one of the tents out there, right, for the next week or so? Yeah, I'm looking forward to going to see it. I, mean, I might drag you out there on Wednesday when we're there for the, the governor's luncheon. Oh, that, that would be fun. And we can go we'd... see who's at the who's at the booth. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it's, it, it really is a cool fair for those of you who live around the area who haven't been to the Ionia Free Fair. It's, uh, it's huge, it's large, it's, there's lots of great things to see and do, and the department is well represented uh, with that fair. So what else you got, Chris? I know we're wrapping up the podcast here. I know, um, you know there's, a, there's a PCA Russ Epic team that is part of the strategic plan. Uh, I believe it's objective 3.3, if I know my, my plan like, like I think I do. Mm-hmm. Um, like you just Director, looked it up, yes. You know, that's, that's a lie. Um, but I know Deputy Director McKee and Deputy Director Marlin sent out a memo last, maybe it was July 11th, so it had been last week, yeah, mm-hmm. um, explaining what the director has approved. Um, she approved a pilot for this new way of doing things, I guess, where you know, the PC and ARESs are going to have um, some different duties during their during their daily jobs. There'll be some case management. There'll be some communication with FOA staff. There'll be some case note entry. There'll be a lot of data sharing and, and work going on on the inside. And it's going to be piloted at four facilities, is what I understand. Does that sound right? I think it's, uh, yeah, it's four facilities. And I think it's a really great, a much needed uh, improvement to the way we do things where we have case management starting in the prisons. Right. Uh, rather than when somebody shows up at a parole office, the first note uh, is, not, is from that parole agent right now. And that agent has no idea what that prisoner did while while he was in prison or sh- or she was in prison and that's just crazy to me that that's how that's been all this time so we're gonna actually gonna have case management happen throughout uh their time in prison so even even not just for the parole agent but even say you know a prisoner gets moved from one prison to another or even from one housing unit to another the, the staff there can look at that prisoner's case notes and see what they've been going through what's what's been about them so it's going to be a help for inside but also uh, on the outside for for the agents as well just so and, and that's just one small piece but right. there's a lot more to that and we need to we're going to get somebody on here i think hopefully the next couple of weeks that can talk to us about this overall in detail, uh, right? program in more detail and explain exactly how it's going to go and and there's there's going to be some shifting of duties and a lot of uh, a lot more things going on to it yeah we better hurry up because this pilot starts in august august 19th so it's going to run from August 19th through November 19th, and it's going to be at uh, Cooper Street, Lakeland, the Oaks, and uh, WHV. So we better get somebody on quick because it's going to it's going to kick off soon. So um, something to look forward to. I think this is like Chris said, a, a very very good change, especially from an FOA perspective, to actually see what the person sitting in front of you has completed, how they're you know, how they've been in prison. It's going to be very very helpful. So what else you got, Chris? So one of the things that we wanted to note was that uh, if you're hearing this on Tuesday, uh, yesterday, uh, we released these results of a wellness survey that we conducted uh, last year and in an early part of January, where we asked our, our entire staff to take this survey on wellness issues and looking at the whole breadth uh, of that topic. And we got the results back and we published those on Monday along with a letter to staff, and we had to submit it to the legislature because they funded the study. Uh, and then we also sent out a press release to the media. So I've been talking to reporters from around the state about, about the results of the survey. And uh, it's one of those things that's kind of counterintuitive because the results really aren't good. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, unfortunate pieces of information in there, but it's not anything that was really surprising. You know, every corrections department in the country is facing issues around wellness, and it's a well-known fact that 
corrections officers, no matter what state you're in, have a higher propensity for, sim for symptoms of things like PTSD, anxiety, um, alcoholism, uh, suicidal ideation. So uh, there's a lot of negativity that you can be exposed to, and that can have real repercussions. And so we, we were aware of that, and, uh, we, but we wanted to do the study to get a further, uh, a better handle on, on it and know exactly what our staff are saying the issues are, and not just custody staff. This involved non-custody, central office, field agents, supervisors, uh, everybody. We wanted to hear what their thoughts and concerns were. And now we have those results. We publish them. We're being very open about it. We want to put this out there for everyone to see, even though it could be seen as a negative. You know, we want to own this. We want people to understand that we we're here. We hear what issues that they say that they're having, and we want them to know what we're doing about it. We talk about the creation of the of the new wellness, uh, the employee wellness unit. Probably a half dozen items in our strategic plan that are aimed at countering some of the stressors that were identified um, in the survey. So there's a lot that we're doing. There's a lot that we're going to be doing, uh, and hopefully a lot that will change as a result uh, of this survey. But uh, we want to be seen as a leader uh, nationally in this issue. And we know that you can't solve a problem if you're not willing to talk about it. So whereas some might think we should uh, put this on the shelf and not talk about it, we want to be very open and say we understand that our officers and our staff, custody and non-custody alike, no matter where they are, agents, supervisors, are, are dealing with these issues, and we have to find a way to help them. And that's what, a big part of what, what the Employee Wellness Unit and changing TISM, uh, making sure people know how to contact ESP, uh, and then just a whole lot of things on the front end that we can do uh, to really help change and help individuals, help their family members. And uh, the results are, are out there now. People can go online, they can read the survey, they can read all the comments, uh, and they can see what we've had to say about it. Yeah, no, that's well said because, you know, our staff are the most important part of what we do. You know, without them, nothing happens. You know, all the results that we get, they don't happen. So like Chris said, we, we did create a wellness unit. If you want to hear more about that, we had them on the podcast back in June. Go back to the June 18th podcast, I believe, podcast, and listen to Lynn Gorski, who is the manager of that unit, talk about her ideas and what the plans are for the wellness unit. And as always, make sure you stay tuned next week for a new episode of Field Days Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.